Oh, hey. <laughs> Back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's Dale Jr. co-host Mike Davis. Hey, what's up? Yeah, my producer, Matthew Dillner. What's up? We, we have a pretty, uh, pretty exciting show. I've been looking forward to this one since we filled our guest spot. Oh, we did. We don't do guests very frequently, but when we do, yeah. they're powerful. <laughs> well, the guest thing, to me, I think is going to get more frequent because we've enjoyed it so much. I've enjoyed it, you know, and, and we've gotten more people more interested in being on the show. We're getting more, we're, you know, instead of us having to go after these guys. I we, like that they're guests with purpose, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not just having somebody on here to have somebody on here. Yeah. I like that. Last couple of people have called us to, to be on the show, and that's a good feeling. So, anyhow, you want to tell everybody who our well, guest is? Well, our guest this week is going to be Denny Hamlin. Uh, you said last week there are questions that you need to ask Denny. Yeah. Not, ha- not not want to, not have to, need to. I'm eager to hear <laughs> what you, these questions that you need yeah, to you're ask. You're really Denny pumping this one up. Yes, this feels a lot also, like uh, the NBC commercial. Also, yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of which, this is a speaking of which, Mike doing his own version <laughs> of Countdown to E Day. Guess what? This <laughs> week is Countdown to Denny. It's Countdown E Day. NBC <laughs> takes over. We're going to talk about that. We got to. It's go time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some Ask Junior questions. And also, last week you mentioned that you couldn't remember if you got a Father's Day gift. You were sort of struggling a little bit. We were a little worried for you. Yeah. Turns out you did get one. You brought it in. I don't know. I don't want to speak for Matthew here, but I'm eager to see what you brought. You, I want to see what your first Father's Day gift this was. This show is all about being eager. I'm very eager. Hungry. Let's get to it. All right. This is a journey into sound. Sound. This is a journey. Sound. The Exalta Studio. This is a journey. A journey which along the way will bring to you new, bring to you new color, sound. new dimension, new value. New and Dirty Bones. A new a long, long intro. <laughs> All right. That's, that's good. What, what was the theme behind this one? That is t- certainly a journey. Something about a journey. <laughs> Not um, the band journey, but just yeah. <laughs> All right. So, any, you know, we've been we was talking last week about it being Father's Day, and, and y'all asked me what gift I got. I could not remember, and I thought I was going to be in trouble. Well, the truth is that I hadn't had my gift yet. It hadn't come in the mail. So oh. when I got home and the next day, and he says, your gift's here. Your your Father's Day gift is here. So I opened it, and uh, I've shared I've shared with you guys what the gift is, but you haven't seen the gift. So what you shared with us? Makes me really want to see it. <laughs> oh, man. I've got this picture in my head. All right. Well, let me explain. I, I've i got nicknames for Isla. One of them is Taco. I don't know. She thinks that's a funny word. Anytime she hears the word Taco, she, she smiles. We like I like tacos, and she's probably going <laughs> to like tacos. So this is yeah. a good thing, right? So we're rolling with it. And Amy got me this clothing item to wear. So you'll see on it. What the hell is, uh, you know, what the hell is going on with that? I don't know what tacos and clothing items have to do. This is going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, the, what, what, and I'm, I, I don't, you don't want to show us, on, man. I don't want to show you. I'm, I'm, I don't want to upset my wife. It won't upset her. All right. Because it's, You're showing off a gift. Are you ready? Yes, we are ready. The long awaited arrival of the gift. <sighs> the gift. <laughs> oh, look at this. <laughs> Whoa. 
Are you serious? I'm serious. All right, all right. Let, let's see. It there says, you go. I love taco. Why are you taking pictures? Because <laughs> it's so good. I have to take a picture of it that. It has a hoodie. It um, has a for dirty mo listeners. The, let's let's the describe feet, what we're looking at. The feet zip off. It is a it's, it's a, a onesie. It's oh, a onesie. Hey, it's do you remember Ralphie from the yes. Christmas Story when he comes down That's the stairs? That's what that looks like. He comes down the stairs <laughs> in the pink. You look like a bunny a, suit. This is a what taco this nightmare. is. Every, everything about this screams Ralphie. <laughs> so that's what Amy got you for Father's Day. Yeah. A onesie pajama. No, yeah. butt, no, no butt flap. That's the only disappointment I got so, there. Let's see this. All right. So, and <laughs> Amy was, I was like, you know, I was honest. I was like, Amy, this is not exactly what I was expecting. And Did you laugh, though? You had well, to have laughed. Of course I laughed. <laughs> and then said, did you put it on? No, I've not putting it. I'm not ever putting that on. Oh, I, not, for I, the wife and kid? Let's, let's not even go there. I'm not putting it on. <laughs> the thing about it is, is like, how do I... My wife got me this genuinely thinking I would like it. <laughs> this is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a very... Are you sure? <laughs> I'm in a really precarious situation here where I've got to show enough appreciation so that she's yeah. not upset or insulted, but I am not ever putting this thing on. Well, you're doing a crappy job of showing appreciation. I know. I'm in so a bad. I'm not gonna not be in a good position. I'm not gonna you're win. Gonna lose, lose. I'm not gonna win here. This is a. Listen. She told me <laughs> to be nice and to not do anything that was gonna upset her. Ugh. Has she required you to put it on? And if she hasn't, she has a really good understanding. I mean, as a wife. you know, we. I listen to my wife and I do whatever she says, but I don't. You know. So we, Amy, please. We Make don't we on. don't have that kind of a, uh, an arrangement to where she can boss me right into a onesie. It's very soft. I don't know, man. My wife could probably boss me into a onesie. I just got to be honest with you. Listen, Amy it, wouldn't go to those lengths that it would take <laughs> to get me in this onesie. She would just would wouldn't you, do that. Would you? Have you ever worn a snuggie? Don't lie. I did one time. All right. Yeah. I what mean, is everybody, this? Who hasn't won a this snuggie? This is a snuggie. I was only curious as to what the snuggie was all about, so I got a snuggie. And Amy, so Remote when, control pocket. It's great. Right. When I said to Amy, and this was t- t- 10 years ago maybe or eight years ago when I had the snuggie, when I said to Amy, like, where, where, what gave you the idea that this is what I would like? My first Father's Day, this is the gift. What gave you like? What gave you this idea? She goes, "Well, you did have that snuggie eight years ago." I'm like, "That <laughs> was boy, that was the catalyst for this." Yes, <laughs> she never could forget. That's, hey, all I know is if you get invited to a pajama party, he's in. You have an instant winner mm-hmm. on your hands in your back pocket. Damn, in your you closet. might be right. I mean, I say I never, I'm never gonna wear this thing. This it could come in handy Halloween. in some situations. Halloween, maybe. Hall- what would you be though? <sighs> Uh, you don't want me to answer what would that. You co- what, what would you, <laughs> if you were dressed in this in Halloween, how would you explain don't that do to people? It. Unless it's a party, don't do it. A taco. Yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I, gonna want, tell you I don't something. walk around dressed up on Halloween just randomly going about my day. It would definitely be at a party. <laughs> well, listen, I think it's a great gift. I think Amy did a, a, a very that? good job on this. Okay. And this is – to take the words out of Rudy Rudiger's dad, this is the greatest thing these eyes have ever seen right here. <laughs> This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Denny Hamlin's in the building. Do we want to get right to that? I want to get Denny's impressions of this. All right, let's get him in here. Come on in, Denny. What's up, bud? You got golfing today? No. I don't know. You look like you're ready if you had to <laughs> golf and bust it out. <laughs> you, know, you never know. <laughs> All right, so Denny is in the studio. We said he was going to be our guest today, and he did show up. 
Yeah, Denny, by the way, what we have a tradition here for all guests is they wear this uh, at their first <laughs> appearance on the Dale Jr. Download. So uh, just go ahead and put this on and uh, don't ask questions. So I saw that, and the only <laughs> – I personally would never wear it, but that is something that my girlfriend should be interested in wearing after she does her little spray tans or whatever because yeah. they stink so bad. Yeah, and they get it all over everything. Yeah, so that would be good for her to bundle up in at night. Now, <laughs> so you've, you've been a father, and, and uh, do you remember what you got for your first Father's Day? No. Right? I don't. I'm never going to forget. <laughs> I'm always going to remember. That was a strange 30 minutes. That was a lot of weird stuff And she that. gave that to you straight face. Yes. I'm, I'm like, you're, you know, what? I thought, man, this is a gag gift. There's something cool behind the curtain, you know. Nope. That was it. Like tacos, she, like actual tacos. If that came paired with actual tacos, yeah. Or maybe if you know she had like a, a, a one for Isla too, but no, Isla didn't even get one. <laughs> this is all you. This is all me. I was supposed to walk around the house in this thing. This is the question on whether it was a gag gift, and you never went this far. But if you had put it on, what her reaction would have been? If it would have been a laugh, then you would have known this wasn't serious. Yeah. Do you I, think that if you were to put it on and then come down the stairs, just like Ralphie did in the in a Christmas story, what would Amy's reaction have been? I, I mean, she would have had to laugh, of right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, she was laughing some. She, she was? Yes. How could you not? I mean, uh, I like tacos, but. Were you laughing you when you saw that? It? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and the Ralphie reference is perfect. It is. Way. is exactly what I thought yeah. of. And I, I told her that. I said, this is exactly what everybody's going to think when they see this. Dale Jr. walks down. I can't put my arms down. He's yeah. like all stuffed up in this thing. This is perfect. Well done, Amy. Well done. Now, Denny Hamlin, you don't have to put this on. We're okay. not going to do that to you. Thank well, you. Maybe the second time. I uh, did have tacos last night, though. You're welcome. If this is what you really are going to, uh, you know, start buying as gifts for people for, to cover up <laughs> their spray tans, uh, how you been doing? What's going on good. with you? I, you know, just chasing kids around the house now. I mean, Molly's now got like a one-legged, you know, hobble, you know, <laughs> crawl going on. So she's like paddling all over the house now. And then Taylor's wanting a rough house with her and drag her around. And so it's, uh, yeah, trying to keep all that. There's gates all over the house now. Yeah. Can't hardly walk anywhere. I want anywhere. to see what Daddy Denny looks like, you know, on, on regular weekdays. There needs yeah. to be some TV show with that. I mean, just yeah. you as a dad. What's that got to look like? It's uh, it's cool. I mean, I like hanging out. It's just there's different – I have different fun now. Like what I considered having fun before, you know, let's call it 10 years ago, and what the, <laughs> what fun I like to have now, it's just different. It's more, you know, kid-involved and, you know, seeing how excited they get, you know, where uh, – I was hardly. I was really resisting a play set that uh, that Jordan was telling me about. You know, she says, "You know, I really want to get a play set for the back." I'm like, "No, it's the dumbest idea. They're going to use it for two yeah. months, and it'll it's never done. get used again." And so, just seeing their reaction when like they see it for the first time and how excited they are, it's just, it's yeah, you know, it's fun for me now. You're talking about gates everywhere. <clears throat> Did you call a company to have them come out and look at the house and give you like ideas <laughs> as far as how to kid proof it? Because I've heard about those. We've thought about that. Um, because they have all kinds of things you do. Obviously, you know you plug the outlets. Uh, yeah, they yep, got the yep. locks for the for the cabinets, cabinets which I think I'm, I'm going to do. Um, did you have somebody come out and do that, or I I, I just told uh, a, a buddy of mine, he's like, look, just make sure it's safe. That's that's yeah. all I really care. about. And you about. raise everything up off the floor. I yeah. mean, if you safe proof your house, house. And let me just, let's be honest, you guys don't live in a double wide here, yeah. both of you. All right, so <laughs> if you safe proof your house. To the fullest extent, it comes out looking a little, a little like a bouncy house. 
And once you say prove it, I mean, you got cushions in places you never thought. It's, you got things covered up. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do the foam corners on everything. But <laughs> You don't want to be that old lady that's got, like, uh, the plastic uh, covers over their couches. No, we went to Key West a couple weeks ago with a buddy of mine who has an, uh, a one-and-a-half-year-old, and, a half year old and that, they opened the cabinets and get everything out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm definitely doing the cabinet thing where you lock, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah part of Taylor was really good. I mean, we, you know, I was in a rental house for a while while we were building the house that I'm in now. And, you know, we never really, she never really got into much. You know, Molly, it seems like she's a little bit more, you know, searching around about things. And so might be a little bit more careful with her. But Taylor really just, she really didn't get into much. So, uh, you know, she had her falls here and there. I mean, you set her somewhere and next thing you know, they roll over and they fall on the <laughs> ground and they cry for 30 seconds. And, Hey, I'm of the opinion, hey, that's how you get the respect of don't go over the ledge. You know, you got to fall a couple <laughs> you gotta times. Learn. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you got to hit the wall to know how hard it is <laughs> sometimes, right. don't you? Yeah. That's right. That's, that's right. True. Well, you're coming right out of a road course at Sonoma. There's been a lot of, you know, conversation about road courses in NASCAR over the last several years. People want more road courses. We are going to the Roval in the, in the at the end of the year. I don't know if you tested the Roval. Uh, not, a couple weeks. You did? Or you're going, going to in a couple to. weeks. Oh. So without testing there, what's your anticipation of that race and what it's going to be like? You know, I mean, I, I can only rely on what I hear from the people that have run it and that it's just it's it's difficult, which I, we're all about being difficult. Uh, there's some blind spots, um, you know, just a chicane on the back, things like that to try to, you know, ha- take the speeds down uh, because otherwise the teams would have to build a really a certain type of car that can run both on the banking at high speeds and – around a road course so you know i, I don't know I, i'll reserve judgment till afterwards um, i'm optimistic uh, about it uh but uh, i haven't heard a lot of great things but i also think you know some of the road course guys that went out there said hey this course is actually pretty legit so we'll really see. i used to hate road courses but over the last couple of years i fell in love with going to them actually really enjoyed racing at sonoma the probably the last four or five years of my career do you think I know you probably like road course races because mm-hmm. you always run pretty good at Sonoma for sure. Do you think we should be going to more road courses? And what road courses would you take our sport to? I know the Xfinity runs at a couple different ones that we don't run on as far as the Cup Series, but where would you go? I loved Montreal. I actually loved oh, yeah. Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, I thought that those venues were really cool. Um, you know, I like the road courses that are in a big, big market. Okay. Uh, and that way you can, you know, there's a lot of places to entertain new sponsors and guests and whatnot. So uh, I, I'm i I'm all for if we want to, you know, go road course racing a- anywhere, if we want to do it half the schedule. I'm okay with that. Really? Um, whatever's whatever's good for our sport, uh, I'm, I'm all for. Yeah. I think that um, road courses have kind of become the more exciting and more anticipated races on the schedule. You know, we've, you know, the excitement leading into Sonoma is kind of uh, amped up over the last couple of years. People seem to really – get excited about that race coming about there's been some conversation <laughs> not really in the industry but with with the media about street courses mm-hmm. uh, and you talk about big markets uh do you think that nascar uh would do well on a street course a flat you know 90 degrees corners wow hmm. this it, is a big one it's this not is you know they're not they're they aren't traditional road courses and they're not purpose-built racetracks right so i don't know whether it's hard for me to understand and realize how cup cars would react to those type of racetracks but i think it'd be kind of similar to what we see at sonoma 
it really? would it would be similar. Yeah. You know, our cars just don't stop very good when you think about normal road course cars and when you see, you know, you got to have good acceleration and you got to have good stopping ability. I think if you're going to run a street course, I mean, and, and really how many street courses are there that really have a long distance straightaway, right? It's just kind of really intricate uh, corners. Y- you might have to change your brake package and things like that a, a little bit different, maybe suspension. I, I don't know. I, I'm not really Y'all educated don't talk about it. Not really. You know, I, I think that our cars really run well uh, on purpose-built road courses, Um you know, the, the cream rises to the top nearly every time you go uh, to these road courses now. And so, you know, the drivers, I believe, have a bigger influence on your finishing position at a road course, aside from strategy, than you do at, at most tracks we have nowadays. So I think that uh, it, it's a good thing. It, it lets us showcase our talent. And if, it, if we can find a street course that is, you know, wide enough, long enough straightaways, we could make it work. Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was a driver, we uh, were both part of the drivers' council. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you're still a part of? So I'm uh, a part of a different secret council now. <laughs> secret council, oh. yeah, Uh-oh. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, a double secret council. Yeah, I, I meet with you know I meet <laughs> with the you know all the industry leaders, yeah. the track pres- presidents, the team presidents, uh, you know NASCAR, and uh, there's just. Uh, two or three of us drivers in that one. So yeah. uh, we talked to TV, things like that, just on a bigger, broader schedule uh, or, you know, different uh, subjects. You know, when we do the driver's council, it's more about our right, competition. It's where do we need to go with the aero package? Where do we need, you know, let's talk about security and this, that, and the other. That is a bigger picture yeah. of, you know, schedule, uh, formats, you know, big, big changes within the, the sport. So I was – I was honored to get that message that hey, uh, we want you to come to these. Yeah, so I've wow. I've that brings up so many questions. Yeah. Um, What's your secret handshake? That's the first. One. <laughs> <laughs> we um so along you're a guy that uh, has been involved sort of behind the scenes and and wanted to be involved like actively sought out opportunities to be involved in behind the scenes with NASCAR as far as anything involving competition the business side of the sport, you've just always sort of sought out those opportunities and, and never turned down a chance to be in the conversation. What drives you to do that? What's your agenda, and, you know, to, to be that involved with, uh, with networks, with, uh, you know, talking competition, talking formats, you know, the future of the sport? What, what yeah. drives you to do that? I just want it to be better and healthy and stay on top, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, we really do have a good thing here. And um, it's 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 definitely, in my opinion, it is healthy. It's, you know, you still, I, you, you go out to Sonoma this weekend, and it's like there's a buzz on pit road. And there's new people coming in and, and checking out NASCAR. And it's still a, it's still a very viable sport, I believe. And, it, and it's still got a, a great staying power. And uh, I just, you know, there's some things that, you know, I like to see changed, and and it, that kind of gives me the voice to to do that without you know, having to go on social media and say, you know, this sucks, you yeah. know, <laughs> uh, and that doesn't help anyone. So I think that uh, you know, it just I like the ability to be able to go in there and and talk to the men in charge and say, you know, this is uh this is what I think you know would make things better, and and, and not just talking about the competition side. It is. You know, the fan experience at the racetrack, you know, I think that, you know, ISC has done some great things over the last couple of years updating these racetracks and hearing them say that, listen, you know, we're 
we're doing better now at 60,000 seats. We're making more money than we were when okay. Daytona had 160,000. Wow. So, and it's just because there's fans sticking around and they're in these social areas and everything. And I, and I firmly believe that asking someone to sit in aluminum bleachers for four and a half, five hours is a tough ask now. They want to be in Lexus Stadium with a you know cup holder in their drink, you know, and concierge coming to bring them a beverage. You know, they're that's just the way the world is now, you know. We become spoiled with, you know, the the experience. It's not just about the game. It's uh it's about, you know, where you know, can you meet up your with your friends, this, that, and the other. You go to a Charlotte Knights game, right? There's everyone in the NASCAR world goes to Charlotte Knights game. Name one player. Nobody can name a player. But they're there because it's it's an it's a social environment and I think that that's somewhere we need to really explore going forward with these racetracks is in, in making the facilities better, you know, make our garages something that can be seen, and that, that really would go a long way. But they don't need – why is it coming to a point where drivers have to tell NASCAR those things? You're on the track. You're focusing on competition. Surely sitting in a grandstands for four hours is – probably a big ask why do they need denny hamlin to tell them that i I don't think they do i think they're really smart and they 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 hire the people that that can tell them that but i think that you know we're there in case you know there's other things that hey we don't know which way to go on this or that and the other on the competition side uh but we um but we definitely you know I, i feel like they give us a great platform to go in there and speak our mind and talk about the schedule and hey hey can we get some midweek race races going on how can we do that let's start it now um so i think that uh, there's some big things on the horizon midweek that, uh, races yeah i see it coming really yeah i was about to ask you from the things that you guys from the competition standpoint what are we going to build on to to grow the sport then is it uh i mean like we got to think something outside the box that sounds pretty outside the box to me i like it yeah i think it, it definitely could go in in some good directions i mean i think that uh you got two networks right now one's ready to go and all for it the other one's like ah i just i don't know uh but i see it you know within the next couple of years you're gonna see something wow. on wednesday thursday yeah wednesday thursday how about that dale yeah i mean i've it's been uh, like a lot of conversations um it's been building a little bit more momentum you know as you see it successful in other sports so i don't know why it wouldn't be successful in our sport as well i, I think this time of the year no basketball no hockey no football we got to be crushing it yeah, I mean, we have really need totally to be, agree. We need to be uh, at the forefront, and we need to be on TV as much as we can. Um, and, and I think that uh, this is a great time for us. And you know, you know, there's no cat letting out of the bag here. It's still, you know, just nothing but talks. But it's definitely yeah. on something that's uh, on people's radar for sure. So right. back when the drivers' council came about, <clears throat> me and you uh, and Jeff Gordon sat down. You were kind of the one. That spearheaded this. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I want to give you, I want to give you proper credit, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but I was, I was totally in. We were talking about trying to organize the drivers, and we actually had a a meeting where we got most of the guys in the same room. We we actually had a lot of paperwork filed and money spent, and this was really moving forward in a in mm-hmm. a in a heavy direction. And right. As soon as you you and Jeff went and sat down with the the powers to be at NASCAR and told them our plan, and then like literally in 24 hours the driver council had came out. Yes. So I got a couple <laughs> questions about that. <laughs> Do you wish that drive that opportunity or that chance we were taking to organize had happened then? Yes. Do you think that it'll ever happen? Yes. Do you think that the council was a reaction to us trying to organize? Yes. Yeah, me too. 
I just wanted to know. <laughs> I just wanted to know how you felt about all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there was a. I knew it was serious when uh, NASCAR said, you know, I, we all approached them and said, hey, we we need to uh, sit down and talk to you all about what us drivers are thinking and what we're thinking about doing. And uh, we step in the room and Brian France is in there and we're like, oh, they're taking this pretty serious, it yeah. appears. So, yeah, the next day it's like, hey, we'll do a little driver's council and, you know, we'll include you all and, and this, that, and the other. And, I mean, really, the communication to NASCAR has been better now the last three or four years than it's ever been. But I think eventually it makes sense to the drivers to, to have something that is a uh, uh, can create some cohesion there and, and be more consistent for all the drivers. I mean, it's tough because... You know, not everyone's on stable footing, and and do they want to step out there and say to their owner, "Hey, I'm going to be part of this drivers' association or whatever it might be." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the long term, especially, you know, with all this talk of you know the sale of NASCAR and whatnot, I mean, you you've got to you got to make sure that you you're protected. And I believe that now, if any time is is a great time for uh, the drivers to get together and create something that's a little more formal. Uh, the RTA do- has done it, and I yeah. believe that it's it, it's created a lot of good things out of that um and i'd like to see that for the drivers as well and it's not you know it ain't about getting paid more and things like that but i mean there's some things that you know drivers could definitely um you know have a little better yeah. what, what do you feel about the drivers around you do they do they rally around you i mean he talked about himself and jeff gordon well those are two guys that are no longer there yeah uh, you know who do you lean on yeah they days? just left me and I, i'm yeah. just out here <laughs> yeah just yeah. yeah, I'll get it from here, guys. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of young kids out there now. They, we can't expect them to know what uh, – th- what's important to them isn't the same thing that's important to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's different uh, – I agree with that. And, and there's some things that, you know, they really could be educated on that, that they're going to be seeing here in the next few years. I mean, uh, it, it's different going from a, being a, just a local late model driver to be involved in the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series or Truck Series. You know, your life's going to change a little bit. And so – um, you know, being prepared for all that is something that it would be good to educate those guys on. And um, I just think that, uh, you know, they they definitely do come to you and they know, you know, I think within the Cup Garage now, they're, you know, most of the guys know that I'm, I talk to, you know, a lot of the, the people in higher management. And so they tell me the things that they would like to see changed or different. And I, I relay that message. Yeah. Are you still, I, you, I asked you earlier, but you didn't really tell me, you still part of the council or? I'm not part of the council. Yeah. No. The council, for a lot of people that don't know, there's like a couple drivers get in as far as the highest finishing yeah. manufacturers in the, in the points. So that's one way you get in. Then there's a bit of a voting process for a few other guys. It was years ago, uh, the whole group, the entire group meeting with, uh, you know, the higher executives, O'Donnell and so forth, uh, cor- you know, four or five times a year. But from what I understand now, it's broken up into into uh, segments or, right. or or groups to where drivers are yeah, responsible. Yeah, you have an era, you have a competition side, you have a security side. I'd have to look at all the other yeah. text messages to figure out the other sides. It's <laughs> changed a lot. Yeah, a schedule and weekends. So know. there's like three drivers tasked to yes discuss the schedule, and then yeah. there's three drivers tasked to discuss security. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. it's changed wow. so much, uh, and it, it continues to evolve. H- how does that happen? Is that the drivers saying this needs to be better, or this needs to be this way? Is this NASCAR's idea of of you know changing the council to be more effective? I think it. it I think that that change was NASCAR's you know input there, wanting to make it a little bit more streamlined. Because I mean, it does get a little messy when you just have a uh, an all driver 
chat and you're you're discussing every single subject, right? And it's just right. things get lost in between the lines. So you break it up a little bit into, hey, if you have an issue, come to this chat. If you have yeah. an issue, come to this chat. Um, and so that uh, that that makes things a little bit more streamlined. And they know that you know if you see something at the racetrack and see a security issue, if you you know a Chase Elliott fan wants to beat you up or whatever, you you uh, you go into this no, wait, chat why, and say, why, hey, we need to work a, on that. Why would a Chase Elliott fan want to beat you I up? I have no idea. <laughs> that big old understand. bearded guy at Martinsville, man. <laughs> what? I saw him this spring. No Did way. You? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah. What, you saw the fan. Yeah. All right. What did happened? Have a, did you Nothing. Have a, he he stayed. He stayed oh. over where. Did, did you wave? Hi to him. Like, hey, any no. kind of interaction. So I, <laughs> I'm walking funny. to the car. I'm walking to the car, and my, you know, PR girl Tina. She's she's walking, and she's like, oh my god. I'm like, what? She's like, just keep walking. <laughs> like, so, so I'm walking, and I get to the car. She's like, what? I said, what's going on? She's like, that guy, the guy that wanted to beat you up. He he's over there. <laughs> And so it, it, if you watch the video back, Tina's actually the one, like, you know, telling this guy, hey, back off, you know. And yeah, yeah. so uh, it's just funny. She she recognized him. I would have, you know, I would have never known. Yeah. Are you still catching flack for all this, though? No uh, way, right? That was old not, news. It, it's simmering down. Okay, good. Sure. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's just part of it. I've, I don't know. I mean, this I didn't wreck person. him intentionally, but I for sure wrecked him. We know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Yeah. But, you know, I just, uh. It was just a bad time, you know. He he hadn't got his first win yet, and it, you know I was I was to blame for all eighty races. He hadn't won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. That's our focus now. It was what makes good TV. You have to understand <laughs> I, I our mentality it. now. It, hey, yeah, I my, get it. my whole I get perspective it. has changed. On and I'll be honest with you, and I respect that more now than ever in these meetings is listening to these TV guys saying, "Listen, this yes. is what we need to make this." more entertaining and and uh -huh. from a competition side i was always like well that's just stupid why are they doing this or that or whatever when you hear their side it's like hmm okay that actually makes sense yeah. and, and we can make that work i know my i've my, i've done a 180 on so many damn things in nascar as far as what i thought i liked and needed the sport needed or what i enjoyed what i thought we should be doing as a driver to to being out of the car and seeing it from this perspective and watching you guys compete every week, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I kind of get a lot of the reasons why they want to do some of the things and why they focus on a lot of different things. Why, you know, I always wonder why they focus so much on an incident like you and Chase, and they continue, you know, even a year later, we'll go to Martinsville and those, you'll see those yep. images and those videos. I get it now. Yep. You know, yeah. it's to drive interest and so forth. It used to and us you, when we're in it, we're like, get that the, crap off TV, man! It annoys the hell out of you. That's all news. What the hell? <laughs> exactly. So it, you talked. Uh, we were talking about me, you, and and Jeff uh, trying to form that organization. Me and Jeff have retired. You're still racing. How old are you? Thirty-seven. So th they're thirty-seven years old. At thirty-seven years old, do you think about? retiring do you think about when you're going to retire do you think about how you're going to retire or is that not even on on the radar uh i'd say i have a timeline but it's a very vague one yeah um you know i i thought that you know i'm, I'm 14 years in now i'm not going to go another 14 for sure i'm not going to be mark martin but i i'd like to go you know a little little bit longer i've, I've got a good long-term contract now for uh that we just uh, started this year um that uh, that goes for a while and and maybe do another little short one after that. But really? that yeah. that'd be about it. That and you know not because I don't love the sport. I want to go as long as I'm competitive, obviously. Uh, but there's I mean that's going to be right around the time my kids are going to start to be into sports or whatever yeah. they're into, and I really want to be around for that. Do you have business interests 
outside of driving, what is Denny Hamlin hope to be doing when he's not driving race cars anymore? You know, this sounds really crazy, but I want to open another trailer shop. Um, I just, that was something that I really loved going to do and, and working. Um, I want to be working at a business Now I don't, I, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to be there opening the doors in the yeah. morning, but I want to be there, <laughs> the late you know, shift. yeah, I just want to come in, you know, check on my employees, you know, make sure customers are happy. I don't know what that business is. Um, but you know, I mean, I, there's several different things I'm into now. I have, there's between you know there's car dealerships there's uh you know these burger places that we're opening and and we've got a lot of different you know businesses and whatnot then that's going on that's going to help with long-term uh revenue but i just want to be on the day-to-day and i loved working at my dad's trailer shop that's just was i knew everything about them i knew everything about the sales and the building of the trailers and uh working on them and fixing them and Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that i'd like to do later on down the line again that's how we met we bought a trailer from denny it was a used late model trailer. We were getting ready to take TJ Majors to go race a late model and needed a needed a, a longer trailer. And so we bought one from Denny. Uh, Denny and, you know, we raced online together for years. Um, so we knew each other quite a quite a couple of years, I think, before you got to deal at Gibbs yep. in the Xfinity car. Because uh, the famous story is that Denny stayed with you in the motorhome. Well, at he invited me to come right. down in 2004. That was when you won, right? Yeah. They turned a 500? Yeah. Yeah, so I was uh I remember I was in my house and we were racing online or something like that and and uh you're like, "Well, just come on down to Daytona and you know, spend the weekend." I'm like, and at that time, I was supposed to meet with Joe Gibbs Racing about signing a development contract with them. And so um I, I had to head south at some point anyway. I'm like, "Man, this is a great idea. I love this." So You need a place sta- to stay. Yeah, I stayed in the house. <laughs> it was me, Martin Truex and uh uh, Josh Snyder yep. and those guys and uh, and and I think Sean was probably there too and uh, it was just a cool weekend to be able to experience it and you know in daytime I'm hanging out at the motorhome and yeah. doing whatever just talking racing you know online racing yeah. or late model racing or whatever it might be and I you know hung out at, at Gibbs Hall a little bit and I, I signed my development contract deal and and I remember you know 10 laps to go I'm I'm in your motorhome and I'm like wow Tony might win. Dale might win. This this is a pretty good day. So <laughs> so, I, so I, I head on out to pit road and uh, you know I you won the race and, and I remember coming to victory lane and there's video out there. There's someone's got a behind the scenes video of me and you you know giving a big hug right yeah. after you got out of the car and uh, I was just it was just a me I, just a small time short track late model guy. It was an unbelievable experience to be able to be there. Wow. And yeah. I remember carrying your trophy, and I never – it was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, who was your bus driver at that time? Mike Watkins. Mike there Watkins, you go. Yeah. I carried the trophy onto the golf cart. We took it back to the bus, and I was thinking, <laughs> this is it. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm carrying this trophy. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to touch this thing again. Yeah. And well, you did. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, what's funny about that is that uh, – because 2004 was my first year with Dale, and it became very obvious that – most every week he was gonna he has invited some of his computer buddies <laughs> and they show up in their Atari shirts and, hey. and it's like and you're going to credential to these cats and it's like you are the first one then of, of the uh, yeah. computer buddies hey. that we ever met. And I, and by the way, when I walk in Junior Motorsports, I'm like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I see all these signs on the wall of these people that have offices. I'm like, I used to race in yeah. line against that guy and yeah. that guy. And I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. This, I this, tried to hire as many as I yeah, could. This company is <laughs> comprised of family or computer buddies. You didn't that's know that, right? I, I, I get it. We, uh, need, we, need, we need help at IT. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you want to move to Mooresville? <laughs> They're like, yeah. That's funny. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I do want to ask. You got uh, one more? Yeah, uh, you know, you're. I know this sounds like a PR type thing, but you are running some scheme coming up. Oh uh, yeah. That, but this scheme that you're running, I just literally learned about the reason behind it. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell tell me about yeah. it? I guess it's uh, called uh, Team Rubicon. Yeah. So I, you know, I've got to do a lot of really cool things with FedEx Cares, and that's you know, it's the one thing you always see these companies now. There's like FedEx Cares or NBA Cares, whatever. They're donating $200 million in, mm. from, uh, I think, uh, starting two years ago to 2020 that they're going to donate to different uh, charities and communities. Uh, but this is really interesting. It's pe- it's uh, guys that have come back from military service that, uh, I mean, they basically have been trained to serve their communities, right? They basically all get together and they volunteer as first responders whenever there's a natural disaster. So... Versus, you know, just going back in the normal world and doing a nine to five, they they continue to want to serve even after their uh, deployment and all that's over with. So that's amazing. A, it is is great, and they have grown into a huge organization. So we're gonna have them on the car for the the July seventh uh, Daytona race. So right on. Really looking forward to that. You unveiled the paint scheme already, right? Yeah. Right, and so yeah, FedEx ships all this supplies and stuff to help in disaster relief, and then the veterans go out there and execute it and and yep. help. That's an amazing program, right? Yes, there. it is. That's yeah, awesome. And, I, and they got to come out, and I got to l- hear about their story, and and what they do is they do special training. So they come back, and you know, it is a little different, you know being trained for the battlefield and being trained for, you know, natural disasters and, you know, how to handle that. But uh, they said it's uh, they've grown, um, you know, exponentially every single year. And it's just uh, so many different members and people that are wanting to continue to serve their country even after they're done uh, in, in the military. Yeah, it's awesome. FedEx has been a, a great partner for NASCAR for many years. Great yeah. partner for Denny Hamlin. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome to see them. It's one of the partners that Still, they build equity in the driver, and you don't yeah. have a whole lot of them anymore, and you that's know, a shame. And, it's, uh, and yet FedEx and Denny Hamlin, now they're connected, yeah. you know, for life, Oh yeah. right? Yep, yep right? absolutely, and I tell you, they've just been so great to me, obviously. Uh, we know about our long-standing relationship. They, you know, they really, they had two races all year that they, uh, you know, sold off to do sport clips, and they, they bought all them back, and so we're all FedEx and um, you know we're we're proud to have them and they've been so they believe in the business model of of that this is a viable thing for them and, and something they can entertain at uh they always have a bunch of guests at the racetracks that they're entertaining their employees love it and that was the number one thing uh Fred Smith said to me is that this is this was our employees asked for this 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 is something that they wanted to root for on the weekend and so uh I'm really honored to be with them Cool, man. You know, I, let me ask you something real quick because this this just occurred to me. Like everything I've heard you say, you're you are still very much invested in the future of the sport. You've got a sponsor that's backing you, so you're uh, you're you're very fortunate in that way that you've got this full season sponsor. But you're also invested in the future. I asked Junior a couple weeks ago. Like you can notably see that he's happier. Okay. And and he's happier. He's got this new career. And I asked him about it, and he's like, "Look, you know, I you know." Most drivers don't really act that happy most of the time. <laughs> Do you agree or disagree with that. that? No doubt. I listen. I when I came into the sport, it was so hard because I came from winning 
almost every week in late model stock, right? And one year later, I went from late models full-time to cup full-time. One, one year. And that was a different transition going from being able to just show up and just beat up on everyone to just, you know, at my considered running top 10, not good. You know, at the time, the, you know, the FedEx car was struggling and they thought it was great. But I was like, <laughs> and, and I remember Mike Ford sitting me down one time and, and saying, you know, you're going to have to find happiness in a different way than just winning. <laughs> like, you're going to have to find a, a wow. way to be satisfied on good days that you might not think are good days. And yeah. so that was really great advice. And so where do you find that? Realizing that you're going up against the best in the world, and and it just makes you appreciate the wins that much more. And I know that la even later now in my career, you cherish the wins more so now than ever because I believe the competition is as strong as it's ever been, and it's tougher now to win than it's ever been. So it's just uh, I don't know. It's I'm such a competitive guy that it still bugs me on when I when I don't have good days, but uh, it still I, having kids helps too. It, it really helped you know, with the transition of getting out of the car and being pissed off or upset to, okay, balance. Taylor's happy, uh, that's infectious. I can, yeah. I can deal with that. That's balance right there. Yeah, yeah it give you something to counterbalance the, uh, you know, being, being completely plugged into the racing probably isn't the healthiest thing because it's a grind, is it not? It I is. mean, this is such a long schedule. It is. You've got to find reprieve somewhere. It is, but, you know, I actually find myself over the last two years, when I usually get to, like, Wednesday or Thursday – it was like, man, I gotta. We're going back on the road again. And now, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I can't wait to get on track on Friday anymore because it's like, really, I, I just, I feel like, you know, as much studying and stuff that I do and and checking everything out and doing my homework during the week, I'm now looking forward to applying that homework on the racetrack. Wow, good for you. So you're 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 jiving, man. I mean, it's not you're 37 like, and feeling it. You're, it's just like it's new to you, right? It's 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 harder work, and I I never believed when they said, you know. Uh, these athletes that had been in you know, NBA or football for many years, they're like, you can still perform at a high level. You just got to work way harder, harder than yeah. you used to. And, yeah. you know, it's not just about natural talent. You really have to put in the work to run well, and, you, and especially nowadays. And uh, I believe that. I went from being, you know, pretty moody and affected <laughs> by, yeah. you know, affected by performance, whether it was practice or, or what. I mean, everything was driven by how well the car ran. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, yep. all at home, you know, everything was driven by what happened on the racetrack. But as I got into the last couple of years and started to think, man, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not going to get to do this. No matter how much I want to do it, I'm not going to get to do it that much longer. I started really uh, appreciating the practices and things that yeah. I just thought were so boring. Like we would go practice on a Friday somewhere and I had, you know, I would enjoy it. Um, I never really got to where I like testing that much, but practice, you know, trying to get the car better, the act of trying to work with your guys to find speed, those things weren't frustrating anymore, even when they didn't work, you know, even when it didn't go the way you wanted it to. But as I got, um, maybe not at 37 years old, cause you probably see yourself racing to at least 45. Um, but once I got around 41, 42 years old, I started to really think, about not taking it for granted anymore and just really trying to soak it all up. I agree with that. It uh, Because you're right, man. I feel the same way. A, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions, but I really feel like our sport is in a good place. And we are in a, we are in a, it's, it's got energy. It's got yep. opportunity. And I could feel that even the last two years that I drove. It was fun to race. It was fun to drive cars. And I believe too that 
the reason it's 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 in a good place is that these young drivers they're not winning yet, but they're they're on the cusp of being able to take over this sport in the next three four years, and they're 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 exciting drivers. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I race around them, and they're they're no, they, they, they're exciting. There's no question they're talented, and they're there's some great young drivers. My my wonder is. Do they have that it factor where they that people can just latch on and really just uh, uh, you know win over the attention of new fans? Win the attention. Does that make sense? Um, I, I I've yet to see a young driver go out there and maximize the opportunity that is sitting there, and that is to go win new fans. They seem to be just, I you know I want to race my car, and that's how all of yep. you guys were. Yep. You just, all you cared about was your car. But there's got to be probably, somebody to step up and go well, the win the attention. Example, the prime example of that probably is Kyle Larson, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy exciting on the racetrack, but people are always picking him apart off the racetrack because they think he's not interesting. Right. Yeah. I, I know Kyle pretty well, and, and I just – you got to appreciate the talent that you see on the racetrack. You know, he's given you that entertainment – during that four hours on Sunday, and and, and you got to really appreciate and, and respect him for that. Yeah, one of the one of the guys like Jimmy Johnson is a great example of that, and Kyle's probably just the same. And you know Kyle really well. The public perception and the the real individual isn't the same. I totally agree with that. Jimmy is one of the funniest, most down to earth, coolest guys that I know. Everybody that knows him and everybody that's friends with him yep. gets along with him great and loves being around him. But he, for whatever reason, was never able to connect to the the audience that way. You know, I think that that's the that's the biggest struggle. Really, is uh, we have you know we have a ton of young guys coming in with a lot of personality, and they're engaging fans on social media. Yep. They don't they're not afraid to get on you know get out there and do the extra leg work. Uh, you know, you say that they all want to sit there and just drive the cars. There's some guys that don't mind. You know, they're they're on social media, talking to fans, being funny, being goofy, you know, just being themselves. But for some reason, trying to get the fan to see that person that we, you know, that that they their friends that know, you know, yeah, that you know, is so hard. Um, and it just takes a lot. And to, you know, it takes a lot of uh, outside work. You know, it takes a lot of. You got to have a good agency. You got to have good people around you that are helping you find opportunities to showcase that personality in it, you know. And you got to be able to, you got to be willing to do things. You got to go on podcasts. <laughs> you know, our podcast. You got to go. On, we are brand builders here. You got to well, put yourself out there. What What is the perception and the reality for you? I, I what, was, do people good perceive you? They, I, you know, there's always studies, right? Yeah. And they think I'm one of the most unapproachable guys you could meet. And it's interesting, and, and I always look at, you know, video that they have of me or pictures are taken, and I look like I'm pissed off all the time. And I get it, and I'm like, man, I probably wouldn't approach him either. But I'm I'm just thinking, I'm in the moment of thinking about this race car, and I'm in the garage, I'm like, you know, thinking, how can we get That's better? And I'm not always cutting up and things yeah. like that, you know, but That's I've, just your I've face. never been... <laughs> <laughs> You're just born with that face, man. <laughs> gotta, gotta cut him a break, man. I just, it's a resting Denny face. Resting you know? Denny face. I've, I've never been rude to a fan ever. I, if I have, if I am not, I've never turned a fan down for an autograph unless I'm directly going to into a race car, into my hall or something like that, and I'm in a hurry. If I ever have time, I do it. No question about it. Um, I just, you know, some something about my personality. Fans just have not latched on to and probably never will. I mean, I've never been one of the top 
five or six most popular guys uh, ever. I think the most popular I've ever been was probably my first two years in the Cup Series. And that's probably because they just didn't, you know, it's a new guy and he's successful. And, and sure, we like him. And you were in some Daytona 500 pictures with Dale. Yeah, that, that, yeah, probably that helped too. <laughs> but I just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's sometimes it's a struggle. And, and you know, I, I've had history of getting into it with a couple guys here and there, you know, and, it, and at really bad times when Chase Elliott at Martinsville and then Bubba Wallace, he's coming in, he's fresh, and, I, you know, me and him are getting into it after the race. So I think I've rubbed fans the wrong way in that sense. But, you know, I, I'm a competitive guy, and, and I'm friends with all these guys. Listen, the relationships that you see on TV sometimes are different than what you see outside. And I agree with you 100% that I, you know, I have no problem taking time for fans and, and being hospitable, and I really do enjoy it. But it's not always what they see, and they. Yeah. And, so, and, do you have any regrets? And I think a lot of it too is that you know they say that you know they they feel like I'm uh, cocky or whatever, and, and I'm like the exact opposite of that in the sense okay. of I think I'm just quiet and and I don't talk a whole lot. I'm not in. I don't. I've never been the guy to go up to a stranger and say, "Hey, how you?" You know, I'm I'm probably the opposite of Carl Edwards, right? In the sense of you know he is very outgoing and, and can start a conversation with a, with a stranger and. And just make it interesting. And I'm, I, I don't know what to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I just, it's never been. I've always been an introvert. I've always okay. been that way. And it's just, uh, you know, it, it just, it's that's something that fans on TV. It looks different. What do they tell you all the time? You know, be exciting on TV. Yeah. You know, you gotta be up and exciting. And it looks great on TV. And I'm, when you're doing it in real life, you're like. This just seems silly, right? It I'm feels acting over. Goofy. Yeah, it feels, it over feels the top. big. It feels way over the top. It feels big. And so I just, I'm myself, and sometimes it looks negative. Low, yeah. yeah. That's so true, man. When they, when we, uh, TV will tell you to, to bring it and uh, act, you know, be loud. Act be yourself, big, yeah. And it yeah. feels unnatural, and it feels like it's too much. But then the TV knocks a bunch of it off. Yes. and that's interesting. Yeah. So it, but I mean, it's so, it's exhausting <laughs> to, to do to be big all the time, you know, and but I will say this, Denny, you got a really uh, sarcastic sense of humor. I <laughs> no think, doubt. Yeah, and I think that that comes across. You know, you're not on Twitter all the time, but your fan base appeals to that person. Yes. You know, you're, which is true to you. That's your true person. Your there's the fan base out there that has that same humor, you know, and, and, and same personality appeals to that. And I see that in your interaction with social media and the people that follow you. Exhibit A, last week, you tweeted a thing about Dell Jr.'s uh, race to the <laughs> oh, yeah. John Nick Kozlowski. Yeah. Uh, tell me what but the mentality is. But 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 yeah, you'll see the other side. I get it. Looking back, you I see the other funny. side, and you're like, the yeah, top story. And, yeah, and they're like, <laughs> I, I get where people would be like, Oh man, you're a d Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, man, he's coming on the podcast where that story came from. I can't help what they rip <laughs> yeah. out of the podcast and be be ready. Some, some, yeah, yeah, be ready. Something out of this is probably going to be on NASCAR. And you should be embarrassed, by the way, losing that. He losing, did losing the race. No, I won, won the race. Oh, won. you did. I, yeah. Was he, it even close though? It was. That's it's what he should close. be embarrassed about. He's embarrassed a couple of things. One, it was close, it was and two, close. he was exhausted when he got into the port john that he couldn't even go to the bathroom. That he had was before my cycling days, like when I was drinking, <laughs> drinking beer all week. <laughs> but something out of this podcast, and probably something that we think is not even that important, or not the biggest story we told, will end up on, well, not saying, you know, it might not be NASCAR.com, but it'll end up somewhere. Yeah. And that's just a fact of life. But think, you know, yeah. and I, but I know where you were going and, with it. Once I took, once I, 
looked at you and and thought about who you are and thought about what you were trying to say, <laughs> and I could see myself putting out the same tweet and not trying to offend anybody. It's funny. Just trying I, to be funny. I really wasn't yeah, like yeah. offending, trying to offend anyone. I no. just thought it was hilarious. I was yeah. like, so it's an off week, and I'm clicking. I was like. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. The race of the poor John. Every time we tell that story, it gets some traction. <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to ask you, do you have any regrets? You were talking about dust-ups with Chase, and I remember, let's, look, 2007, you had your own uh, dealings with our company here uh, when Brad Kozlowski was driving yep. for us. And so you always tend to uh, find some uh, moments where you're, you have to – you're thrust into the position to give an opinion and be yep. yourself, and that's a tricky balance, as you guys already said. So – of all of those things that have happened over the years, do you have anything you regret and wish you had to do over again? Oh, man. That's a good question. Regrets. Um, you know, definitely there has been some times on social media where I'm really critical of, a, of, of people that I get into it with. Okay. Um, and I just – that can – those things are a little personal and probably left un, should be left unsaid. Um, but, you know – there's not a whole lot of a change. I mean, other than I wish I was, you know, people saw me for, for who I really am versus what they think I am. Um, but, you know, I just think uh, I've de- definitely had some confrontations with guys that, uh, you know, that were in a really bad time uh, for me. And, uh, you know, I look back on it, and I think it really made my relationships with all those drivers much better. Me and Brad great now me joey wow. good now i mean everyone you know me chase and bubba all good i mean we, good. we are all good and so you know i just think that uh it's tough because you know we're, we're competitors and confrontations are going to happen and but i i think that uh you know at, at times when i got interviewed i probably could have taken the high road a little more well denny hamlin it's been a privilege to actually talk to you about all this stuff in here and your gift <laughs> your going away gift is this snuggie. We ought to get you, a bunch of these. You gotta printed. put it on for hey, her, man. It on, <laughs> Dude, like, listen, Ralphie. All they did was make him walk down the stairs, in it on, yeah. and they say, "Do you, Do you like it?" And he said, "No." And they're like, "All right, go change." Well, I'm confiscating all cell phones and recording <laughs> any recording devices in the house before I put it on. Awesome. All right, Denny. All right, thanks, thanks, Denny. Guys. Appreciate you. Pal. Appreciate it. All right, let's hit an Exalta Race Center update. This is your Exalta Race Center update. Matthew Dillner. A bluff pit stop call was the strategy that put Martin Truex Jr. in Cup Series victory lane at Sonoma Raceway. Truex led 62 laps en route to his third victory of the season. Kevin Harvick, Clinton Boyer, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Busch rounded out the top five. The Truck Series had a wild one under the lights Saturday night at Gateway Motorsports Park. On a green-white checkered restart, Justin Haley held off a hard-charging Todd Gilliland to score his first career Truck Series win. The Junior Motorsports late models were in action at Carteret Speedway on Saturday. Josh Berry had the lead with 25 laps to go in the Cars Tour event when he was involved in a crash. He finished ninth, while his JRM teammate Sam Mayer got in an early race tangle that ended his ninth. Both drivers will race at North Carolina's Hickory Motor Speedway this Saturday night in twin 50-lap features. This weekend, the Truck Xfinity and Cup Series will all be in action at Chicagoland Speedway for a big NASCAR tripleheader weekend. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, visit exaltacs.com. All right, man, uh, did you see that? Did you see that? 
been a long time since we've heard that. It's been a few shows. We hadn't seen a whole lot, I guess. <laughs> Dale, d- uh, you know, I've got something, but did you see anything we're talking about? Man, I probably did, but I ain't got nothing on the top of my head right now. I, I got something really big. Oh, I've, got, okay. I've, got a, I've got a I got, small one. you got a small one, but I think this is going to trump it. What was the biggest wreck Sonoma weekend? What was the biggest wreck? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. What was the biggest wreck? I watched the race. Um, Mike Davis? Yeah, it was Mike damn Davis. With, oh, my on wreck? his bike. On my bike. You're oh. on vacation, man. And I, I'm my wife is surfing. I missed Instagram. all that. I, I and missed. it's like, did you see Davis wreck the crap out of his bicycle? And I'm like, what? And I'm like fumbling trying to get to it. Okay. So Davis wrecked his bicycle. I did. I did. But there, admittedly, Why? I was well, I was on uh, my family went we went to Cumberland Island. Are you uh, skinned up? Right off uh, No, no. It was I was laughing <laughs> so not hard. Cu- not a much of a crash. Was, There's video of this because he was recording I himself. I put it on my Instagram uh, story, <laughs> but the fact is is I was on this island, Cumberland Island, and they have wild horses on this island. And so I'm riding this bike with my family and I'm trying to video these wild horses and ride my bike and I'm trying to do it very where I don't disrupt the horses. So thoughtful. And then I went and wrecked my bike and spooked the horses. Oh. <laughs> so I, I can't video. I'm not the Matthew Dillner of uh, Cumberland Island for sure. I was trying to video at the same time. Didn't work. Wrecked my bike, but I thought it was funny. It was entertaining. W- watching the bicycle crash, the fact that you got actual video of it, just yeah, I, I had to Andy, pick on Andy you. Andy had the guts to pu- put it on social. You got to laugh at yourself. I mean, what are you going to do, right? I yeah. mean, if you wrecked your bike, would you put it on social? Oh, probably. Yeah, of yeah. course you would. Yeah. It's fun. If you live to tell I'm about it. I'm very cool and comfortable with self-deprecation. That's right. As am I. I, I give myself plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Here's a did you see that that I thought was kind of funny. I noticed Alex Bowman had a tweet after the race, and he referred to Greg Ives as Gregory. Gregory. Great call by Gregory <laughs> to one-stop that final segment. And Greg Ives, who you know tweets every once every lunar eclipse, goes, it's only Greg. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's great. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. So we don't want the. I was asking Greg the other day about uh, how he was doing, how our driver was doing, building relationships within the team. And he said he was pretty good, but could use a little work. So apparently, he's not. He's telling the truth if he doesn't know Greg's first name. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely hasn't earned the right to call him by his full name, Gregory. Yeah, but he said it's not even that. It's not even his full name. It's real. Oh, it really is, Greg. Greg. I got gotcha. you. Uh, don't call me Gregory. That's funny. That's what that's I saw. not my name. That's funny. <laughs> All right, Mike, we got a new sponsor for the Dale Jr. Download. All right, tell me about it. I got to tell you about it. ZipRecruiter is a new partner for the Dale Jr. Download. Let me tell you a little bit about what ZipRecruiter does. Uh, with their powerful matching technology, hmm. they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and then they invite them to apply to your job. Okay, so if we're looking for somebody to hire, right? Yeah, we could go to ZipRecruiter, and they've got the candidates all. They got the guys, so they bring them to you. Because Dirty Mo Media is looking to have a few new hires, and we're growing. Yeah, especially with sponsors and partners like ZipRecruiter, we're going to be able to afford to make those hires. So they would be the perfect place to go for us to find the people we need. And people could go to a specific address too. Is that right? ZipRecruiter. I'll have you say it. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Just say it. You were just ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. That was so conversational. It was so good. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. So they can go to ZipRecruiter. So they can go to ZipRecruiter. So they they can go to ZipRecruiter slash or no ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Yep. They can go to ZipRecruiter. <laughs> I can't even say it. Skid steer. What? what? They can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. and 
us as a company yeah. go to uh, post a job with ZipRecruiter. Yeah. They go out and they find applicants that I best know. fit your job. And Where brand. does this uh, address come into play? Um, I think the companies, like myself. like yeah. Matthew. So if you're a company and you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. and do it based off of that, we basically get the credit or, you know, the attention. Well, it, damn. And they need to do it now because this so, will be the last week we have ZipRecruiter as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all learning here. Hey, it just here. shows that we don't want to just read an ad to We're you, all man. learning here. We're all learning about ZipRecruiter. <laughs> it is so... <laughs> You try to say it 15 times. <laughs> Zip Recruiter. Does anybody remember Zip. Ward Burton with this cat skid yeah. steer? Somebody's going to go to Zip Recruiter, and they're going to not find <laughs> resumes. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. If you go there and, you know, either fill out your resume or if you're a company looking for an employee, uh, you get some kind of a break, right? Oh, you, you, first of all, we get a break if you use the Dell Jr. website because yeah. that means that we affected somebody. And I would be shocked if that happens at this point. But <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, maybe that's a reason why you should go to ZipRecruiter. I will say this. You, you hit on it earlier. We at Dirty Mo Media are booming. We're growing. I'm looking right now to add people to our team. And I will use ZipRecruiter dot com to go find these people i'm gonna do it and Mike, when i have yeah. the the candidate and y'all are wowed by how Look, awesome they are we'll be able to refer back to zip recruiter we will as a as an employer mike your your effective rate is going to be 80 percent wow if you're an employer and you post on zip recruiter you're effectively going to get a candidate a qualified candidate within the first day that just saved me a bunch of time just hearing that yeah because let me tell you something this is no lie i hate the process of hiring. I, I, I like meeting people. I hate the process of hiring because you end up having to talk to a bunch of people that you know are not candidates, and then you go hope to find that one. And, the, you know, I wish every process was like Dillner, who just shows up, <laughs> just shows up in your man. office and Knocking says, I want to work, and it just happens to be a good time. But this is, awesome. this is something that <clears throat> helps people like me. It helps yeah. people like you. You run a business, and that ZipRecruiter.com we can actually go and really kind of fix that process that we all, that we already don't like. Yeah. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter is going to analyze each one. They're going to spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a perfect match. So when you're ready to hire some people for Dirty Mo Media, Mike, ZipRecruiter is where you're going to go. You're going to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Dell Jr., and you're going to find the next hire for Dirty Mo Media. And I bet ZipRecruiter.com people go to ZipRecruiter to find people to read their new ads. <laughs> Possibly. Dale, could you if just you do me want a favor? Your, if you <laughs> like what you just heard and you want to advertise on this podcast, <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody's ever going to forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. <laughs> right now, listeners of this podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive website. Now, this is an exclusive website. Mm -hmm. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Man, with results like that, there's no wonder why ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're doing all our ads that way, right out of the Absolutely. gate. Absolutely. Completely no, really. dry. I, I mean, people Dinner did not want canned. People know. I don't even know if I can edit that now. Now people are going to never forget ZipRecruiter.com. We're learning about ZipRecruiter. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> We're learning about Zip Recruiter. And and they wanted a 60-second spot. We we over-delivered. Oh, I yeah. think our listeners can appreciate that we're learning at the same time they're learning. <laughs> the name of this show needs to be Zip Recruiter. <laughs> Zip Recruiter. I yeah. think the name of our podcast this week is Denny's Misunderstood. That's a good one. <laughs> Denny's Misunderstood. Denny's Misunderstood. Resting Denny Face. Resting Denny Face. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was hilarious. That was pretty good. Let's go into Ask Junior. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior. All right, uh, taking a look at some of the questions. Fans chiming in using the hashtag AskJunior, as always, and some really good ones. Uh, This one, Kay Frieden wants to know, what's the most trouble that your sister has rescued you from? Mm. Mm. (laughs) I'd have to say that her going to military school to join me at military school rescued me from a lot of trouble. So I was in a Christian school and they would write you up uh, in class for all sorts of things. But something as small as just talking in class. We weren't allowed to talk and communicate with the person next to us. And so I was written up several times. I didn't take it seriously because I didn't think that was a very serious offense. Mm -hmm. But if you're written up eight times before the Christmas break, they would expel you. This is a no-nonsense place, right? And so I get this eighth uh, slip, and then right before it didn't get processed, or I wouldn't know my fate of would I really be expelled until – after Christmas break, so I go home scared to death. Like, man, I'm, 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 this is supposed to be a fun time for me, a whole week off from school, but I'm nervous. When I go back, I'm going to get expelled. I know my dad's going to give me a whooping for that. And so this is a terrible, very scary time. Well, I walk into the house, and Dad and Teresa have pamphlets laid out all over the table mm. of military schools mm. and boarding schools that they want to send me to. They had, mm. they had already decided that, you know, where I was wasn't working and that I was too much trouble for them to deal with at home. And they had these books out, and Oak Ridge Military Academy was one of the schools. So we ended up going to visit Oak Ridge in a, the next day, and they enrolled me in Oak Ridge Military School uh, a couple days later, and I started going to military school after that Christmas break. That's how the whole concept of boarding school was even introduced to you. Like, had you had a com? No, you were you walked in to yeah. a presentation of your future. Yeah, I will. I mean, I walked up on I walked up on them looking at these pamphlets, and they're like, and you're like, oh, boy. they're like, oh. I look at them. I'm like, I know what this means. So, I mean, I was in the <laughs> yeah, I they, was in they were the, over. They weren't planning vacation spots. I was for in the, the family. seventh grade. <laughs> And yeah. so they sent me to military school immediately, and it was awful. You I, know, I can go on and on and on and tell you tons of experiences that just were dreadful. But, you know, I, I ain't ashamed to admit I cried the entire first two weeks mm. being away from home, being away from my dad. Didn't think my dad cared about me anymore. Didn't think, you know, they wanted me anymore. Didn't feel, I felt, you know, all kinds of terrible things. And so my sister was not doing bad at school. She was not having trouble at home. She was, everything was great with her. And as far as, uh, you know, dad and Teresa were concerned, I think that she was going to carry on with her plan to keep going to Christian school. And, uh, but after a couple of weeks, Kelly's like, you know, me and Kelly are very, very close. Even today, 
you know, that, that relationship is, we're very, we're extremely close. And me and Kelly both lived in the downstairs. We had each other as it, you know, we didn't go upstairs too often. And, uh, we spent a lot of time taking care of each other. Kelly, uh, a good example of that would be Kelly ran the cash register at school and I would spend my lunch money on candy bars or something. And she would make sure that I got my lunch when I came through the line. You know, I could, I, I could always count on her. If she knew something was going to get me in trouble, she would change it mm. so that I didn't get in trouble. Anyways, she decides to go to military school because she missed me and wanted to be able to look out for me. She was scared for me. I was really short. See, right around this time, I was probably four, seven, four yeah. foot ten. You were all right. Tiny. Yeah. And I've got pictures of me standing at attention with my company. And I'm literally shorter than everyone else. It looks like bring your kid to work day. Yeah. (laughs) So in that, you know, she's worried about me being in that up there by myself with no, no one like looking out for me. Yeah. There's teachers and faculty, but when it, when, when you're not in a classroom, really the, there was no adults around at all in the dorms. They were ran by the upperclassmen, which are 11th and 12th grade Mm. kids with rank, you know, this, you know, so you're really in the at the you're really at the mercy of these seventeen year old sixteen year old kids to and they treat seventh graders well, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So you really you know if they don't like you or you you're not well received, you're a new guy coming in middle middle of the year. Name you know, heart. it was damn rough, and a lot of new kids. You know, I mean the kids were constantly going. I wasn't the only new kid there over Christmas break. I mean, a lot of kids started when I started. I mean, there was a ton, and everybody's got a story, a backstory. All the kids that are going there, well, I was a shoplifter, you know. I couldn't stop stealing from the store, and so here I am. Or I, you know, I set my, you know, uncle's house on fire. Or, you know, (laughs) all the kids have some sort of a backstory as to how they ended up here. I couldn't quit smoking pot, something, and... You know, mine wasn't as I ba- talked. that severe, right? I didn't yeah. have, and I'm little, and, and so it was very uh, scary. By the time I was done, though, I mean, I really felt like that it did what its purpose was, and that was to mature me, and we can get on into that another time. But anyhow, the answer to the question is definitely Kelly joining me literally like a month or two later at military school. She gave up her That's friends. Unreal. I mean, you know how girls are in yeah. high school. All these friends, all you know, this click, that click, this guy, they got a crush on this, and they're going great. And this, they love this teacher. She gave all that up. Yeah, that's, that's love. spectacular. That's yeah. love. All right, go from this great serious question to <laughs> something really fun. Uh, uh, we were speaking about your dad there. So Breaking Badger wants to know what was your dad's go-to brand of beer? Mm. Man, that is a good question. I need to phone a friend. I, <laughs> I'm a. I want to say Bud Light. I don't think he drank Miller High Life or Miller Light. I don't. He might have drank a lot of Coors Light. But when we would go over there and steal beer, we were stealing Bud Lights. So going where? To to Dad's shop. When oh, me, okay. We and Tony Junior would sneak into the shop at at you know when Dad was off racing or. You know, if we were having an off weekend, Xfinity yeah. Series had a lot of off weekends. Okay. Yeah. You know, so me and Tony Jr., we'd, we were going to throw a party. Uh, we are going to do something. So me and Tony Jr. hopped the fence at night, and we knew where, to, you know, where the key was to the tire room, where the tire room was all the beer. Dad had a deal with Bush. If you remember this, the Bush beer stand-ups, 
yeah. with dad on them. And he would get uh, shipment. He would get, you know, the Bud truck would show up and unload. Yeah. And so we drank a lot of, he drank a lot of Bud Light and so did we. Mm. There you go. There man. you go. Yeah. Hop of the fence in the cloak of darkness. That's right. All right. <laughs> uh, one more real quick. Uh, if you were asked to compete on Celebrity Family Feud. <laughs> which he has been asked to compete. Have you? Which uh, four drivers would you choose to be on your team? I definitely would have to have Jimmy Johnson. Smart cookie. Yep. I'd have Jimmy Johnson on there. I'd probably have to have Harvick. I just, you know, as competitive as he is, I think he'd be a guy to help you win. Two more, right? Let's see. Well, you got two there. You got yeah. Jimmy and Harvick, so uh, it would just be oh, uh, two more. Yeah. So yeah. I, who would be good? Who is smart? Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you Carl would, Edwards left. Well, Brad, and, and, you know. No. Brad, what? Brad thinks no. he's smart. No. He, he see, Brad's going to be tasked. If you get Brad on Family Feud, he's going to end up being tasked to answer the question where you need 30 points, and there's an obvious question. Or an obvious answer, <laughs> and he's going to go somewhere way off in Bradland. <laughs> and then it's going to strike him, and he's going to disagree, go, yep. that's not right, and here's why it's not right. This is <laughs> <laughs> clearly yeah. women like this about men, and this is the way it is in my life, and I've talked to doctors about it, and this is not a strike. Yeah. I think the judges and this need to I've never heard Mike in yeah. first uh, Kaz, that's pretty good. Google University says. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would is I mean it would be funny and entertaining to have Brad on, but I would probably pick someone else. I want to answer this. McMurray? No. All right. No McMurray. Blaney? No. I would bring Blaney only because of his youth and knowledge of pop culture. You're not gonna get all questions tailored for the forty year olds. So we'd have that covered with me, Jimmy and and Harv. So we would get Blaney, and he'd be funny. Got a young guy on there. All Maybe right. another young guy. Maybe like Chase or uh, or Kyle yeah. Busch. Or the only thing Chase is not gonna uh, no, want to go. He's not want to. Chase is not gonna want to go. That's you right. Know, you could send Chase the invite <laughs> to the to the to the show, and he's gonna find something else going on that day that he needs to do. <laughs> he's right. Um, so Chase won't be able to make it. No, no family feud for Chase. Um, oh, what about William Byron? College educated. William Byron. Oh, there's perfect. some smarts. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great crew. Yeah. Family Feud, it's done. Call us up, Family Feud. Let's, let's <laughs> get some other racers. Maybe we go against the in- – no, let's not go against the Indy no, guys. No, Indy guys. The Indy guys have been smart, on the man. show. Oh, they have? Yeah. I've and, never seen and, that one. Yeah, they I went up Google against it. SI swimsuit models, I believe. Oh, man, you guys missed the boat. You could have yeah. gone up against them. That's a good question. Good All right, question. Let's, let's, uh, let's throw that big old white flag <laughs> from the flag stand. Keep up, white flag right there, white flag. Big old white flag from the flag stand. NBC 30 Rock Car Washes this week. You and I are going to New York with a couple other people. You've got the Today Show you'll start out with. You've got Jimmy Fallon, Dan Patrick, and a bunch of other stuff. Watch what happens live. You're going to go do that again. That's going to be fun. And so, guess who's the – okay, so I know you don't watch watch what happens live, but Blaney's supposed to be on that show with me. Yeah, we, we found this out the other day, and it was uh, – can we say what he's doing? He's is the bartender. It, okay, so the bartender, is a is that a, uh, a a role on this that is a uh, fun role? I, mean, I don't know anything I, about the bartender. It's, a, it's probably the easiest role. Okay. The, you don't get – you may get asked one question. Maybe okay. somebody reference you. You won't do a lot. That's a good role for him. Yeah, I'm excited right. he'll be there. So we've got a full day on Wednesday. Yeah. We'll get back late, and then we'll turn around yeah. and go to Chicago where – 
Dale Jr. Oh, Countdown yeah. to E-Day officially commences <laughs> as he begins his broadcast career from the booth with the, with practice on Friday and qualifying on Friday or Saturday. Are you as excited as Mike Davis? And Dale Jr. is going to call the race. He's been working all year on this. It's time <laughs> for broadcaster Dale to make his debut. <laughs> what are we thinking, Dale? So, actually, we get there Thursday. There's production calls and production meetings. There will be a dinner where all the crew will get together. Uh, Thursday will be a full day of sort of getting ready and preparing. At some point, we've got to get down into the garage, go see some crew chiefs, talk to some drivers. Uh, you should go in in a, in a fire suit just to network, throw them all off. Got to network a little bit, get prepared for what's coming on, you know, what's coming up on Sunday. I will not be in the booth during the Xfinity races, okay. but, I'm, but they have this new pit cart that they're going to unveil this weekend that you'll see a lot this year. I'm going to pop up on that pit cart for a little bit during the Xfinity race to talk just a little bit about what's going on. But I want to. I want to know. I, these are all the things that you're going to do. But I, I want to know, like, how excited are you? Because there's been so much buildup, and we've been talking about it for weeks. But that's it. I mean, the as the buildup goes and goes and goes, my excitement I temper and temper and temper. Okay. Because it's such <laughs> a. It's so nerve wracking to have so much put on your back, your shoulders. You know, and it was the same way with driving race cars. You know, the way they promote this, which was similar to the way they, we talked about it, the way they promoted yeah. my driving career when I started with Bud, is a lot to, you know, you felt responsible for a lot. And I don't know how it makes my coworkers feel that I'm the emphasis of all these promotions. You know, I got, you know, you got Steve Letarte and Jeff Burton and Rick Allen, just to name a couple that have that are part of the team, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, they're, they've been pretty understanding to this point of the promotions. All that though is we finally put it to rest, you know. We finally we shelve these these commercials and go to go to work. There you go, you know, and start talking about racing, talking about drivers, talking about action. Well, you're already talking too much. Uh, that's the first lesson because this is a white flag. This isn't to get your thoughts. Dillner started asking questions like this is an interview. I'm in the middle of my white flag segment. That's the first rule of thumb at TV. Know your role, man. <laughs> I know. We're looking forward to it. I can't wait. Going to watch TV all week. Watching Dale Jr. So also, much TV. So much TV. So NBC, little time. NBC, SN. NBC, SN. That's where it's at. WendellJrsRide.com. We talk about it every week. It's still uh, happening. You can still buy your raffle tickets. Also, Racing to the Finish, the book. Read it for a second time over the weekend. It's st- it gets better every time. Oh, it's getting wait. better with age. I can't, I can't either. I'm going to tell you what. You one. can pre-order it right now on DaleJr.com forward slash book. And that will be released in October. All right. It'll be well worth it. Dale Jr. That's a good show. Countdown to Thanks, Danny Hamlin. <laughs> Thank you, Denny Hamlin. Thanks, that was listeners. Well. we'll see you next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.